Blog Talk Radio. This is the Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. I'm your host, Pop Art Painter Jamie Rocks, and this is the big show. You found it. Sure, I'm glad you did. Hey, I hope everybody had a uh, very fun and festive Halloween and all of that. Um, We certainly did around here. Had a real good time. Uh, Spent with some friends and whatnot and uh, watched some scary movies, and it was was a lot of fun. Um, Like I said, I hope everybody's uh, doing well and whatnot. I am on the mend. I know... I got a lot of messages from people uh, with my voice last week. Couldn't be helped. I had the head cold from hell. And, um, you know, I'm uh, 99.5% better. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I got it knocked out, man. Uh, but, hey, I am very excited for tonight. We've got a, a really cool guest, a really cool situation for a really cool movie. Um, this movie is... One of my favorites of the year, I swear to God, it is so cool. Um, but we've got the filmmaker on. He wrote it, he directed, he produced it, and he probably did a lot of other things on the movie as well. Uh, the movie is called Heartland of Darkness. It's dropping this month. I'm not sure exactly what I – I've seen a couple different things, um, but we'll find out. And the writer, director, producer, Mr. Eric Swellstad. Eric, how are you? I am great. Let me tell you, you have the best kick-ass opening music of all time. It is the best. <laughs> Thank you. Really yeah. Oh, man. That's, that's funny. That is day three. This, it's so funny. When I first started doing this a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. I would do different. Mm-hmm. I, I thought I was being, you know, edgy and would do different opening uh, and bumper music like every, I don't know, a couple months or something. And uh, what it was is I bought one of those big, CDs of, uh, you know, like mm. eight CDs of, of yeah. royalty-free music. Or, nice. I guess it wasn't royalty-free because I paid for it. But the problem was it took me three days to find that, uh, and I've stuck with it. <laughs> I'm not well, it's, it's, very, it's very Morricone. It's very film yeah. music. It's, oh, it's great. The Morricone thing, the guitars. No, it's really cool, man. I love it. I love it. Um, but thank you, thank you. I, I'm glad. I'm glad someone else does too. Um, so Eric, you were sitting around one day and you said, "Hey, I'm going to make a movie. Um, got nothing else going on, and uh, I think I'll just knock this out over the weekend." And uh, no, I'm. And this was a couple months ago. No, no this, this is not at all what happened with this film. Tell us. Well, first off, Eric, where are you from? Where'd you grow up at? Okay, so um, I'm from Ohio. Uh, Central Ohio. Okay. I uh, grew up, yeah, I grew up in Indiana and in Ohio and um, Midwest. Uh, nice. Moved out here right after grad school, out to LA. That's where I'm. I am now. Moved out here to um, to the big LA city and uh, started working in the business. But before I moved out here, um, I was in grad school and I made a feature film called Fallen Angels, and I okay. didn't have any money to finish it, and that's where this film came from. So I came out with no money, no job, 
I found both <laughs> and was able to get the movie nice. finally finished 30 years later, and it's finally coming out with a new title, Heartland of Darkness. Wow, that's amazing. That is, a, that is one of the most inspiring stories. i got to tell you, I'm not in the movie business. I am a cinephile, though. I am, I'm that friend that has the backyard theater and... I, you know, I make my friends watch movies with subtitles and they're like, what the hell is this, Jamie? You know, um, I'm that guy though. Um, I love, love film. It is, uh, my day job is I'm a painter. I paint pictures of people and stuff and I've been doing that a long time. And, um, one of the things that I really, uh, appreciate, I grew up in uh, Metro Detroit and, uh, I too went to school in Boston and then moved, I, I said, I, Got to get the hell out of the snow, man. I can't handle this anymore. And I looked in the yeah, map, yep. and I said, where can I move? I couldn't afford to go to Hawaii, uh, so I wound up in right. San Diego. And um, nice. now I live in South Florida. But um, oh, anyhow, yeah, yeah. So, but, but I get, you know, the move to L.A. is very strange because yeah. um, us Midwestern guys, you know, we're used to dealing – we're used to people kind of straight shooting, you know, and um, yep, that's right. A, that's right. There's a flakiness on the West Coast, and don't get me wrong. I'm not just throwing shade at the West Coast. Believe me, I will. Don't even get me started on the rudeness of the East Coast. But um, right, right. You know, it's it's weird. I used to when I first moved to California, I'd have to, I you know, I've I've always done all kinds of crazy stuff, real estate investing, yeah. you know, all this kind of stuff. Buying the mobile home parts and flipping them, you know, just all kinds of stuff. Um, yeah. But anyway, I uh, I used to do business people. I'd have to, I said, okay, we're going to, this sounds like a good deal. I said, but understand, I'm from Detroit. Um, so if you tell me something, I expect it to be done. <laughs> you know? Yep, that's I, I right. Don't, yeah. I, I, I don't think flakiness is cool. I'm offended by it, actually. So let's just yeah, get yeah. that out of the way. <laughs> you know, and um, yeah. it's just, it was weird. But the cool thing about Los, Southern California, and especially L.A., is you can't sit around. you got to be, if you if you have any uh, friends, because all your friends are doing stuff, and you feel like a shock yep. if you're not doing anything, you know? That's, that's um, everything right there. You're always wanting to do stuff. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So you moved out here, out there. You've got to, now how, with this film... You were saying it wasn't complete. What do you think? Seventy-five uh, percent done? Half done? No, no. It was. It, you know, remember that most important thing of filmmaking isn't just making the movie. It's it's finishing the film. It's post production. It's the editing. Mm. It's the music. It's all that stuff. So we didn't have money to do any of those things. So we shot the film uh, on sixteen millimeter color negative, which back then was like video. You know, it was pretty common. Right. But it still cost money. So we shot it. We filmed it, but we didn't have money to finish the film. And everything back then was you would take the film, you transfer it to video, uh, and then you would edit the video on a very expensive editing machine. Uh, you know, we're, we're nowhere near yeah. at that point digital, digital editing where you could use your computer at home. We were still doing things by tape decks and, you know, film and yeah, stuff you like that. Like a so, studio, right? Yeah, yes, we ran out of money. And, you know, I, I came up to L.A. to try to finish the film. I didn't really know anybody out here, and I just came out. To, I, had a, I had the film under my arm, and I said, hey, I got a cool feature film. 
who wants to give me money to finish it? And I hit a brick wall with those words. <laughs> like, yeah, kid, get, get, in, get in line, right? You know, just stand in line. So it, it was a long time coming before we could finally get the film finished, and it's finally done. Well, I tell you, in my world, there have been so many projects. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this series of paintings and have a show, and I'm going to do a coffee table book and all this stuff. And then things happen, and I'm like, well, I'm going to put that on the back burner for six months. And next thing you know, a decade has passed, you know? Right, um, right. Trends have changed, and you're like, I don't know if that idea will fly now, you know? It's still a cool idea, but, you know, and I've got, you know, I I can sit there and think off the top of my head at least 10 projects that are on the back burner over the past 15 years or something. And then I hear your story, and I'm like, yeah, it might work. It might work. <laughs> it gives me hope <laughs> on some of these ideas. But I don't know. No, so you hit this brick wall, and this is way – no, I remember when I moved to California, there was no crowdfunding. There was no Kickstarter. I wish I would have thought right. of those things, but right. I hadn't. And we used to have parties. I – donated so many paintings to friends who were filmmakers to um, try to raffle them off anything to try yeah. to make money so they could shoot the next scene or, or get something, right. you know, right, and right. that's how you had to do it. So I imagine, I mean, and you're not talking, eh, we need 300 bucks to do something. I mean, it was thousands of dollars, you know, tens um, of thousands of dollars. Yeah. It was expensive. You couldn't just, Today, yeah, you could get away with a few thousand, and like you said, you could crowdsource, you could fund it that way. Not a problem, but but back then, we had to go around to a bunch of people to get money to make the film to begin with, and that was hard by itself. I mean, you know, hey, give me a few thousand dollars to make this film, and, you know, it's like, oh, well, I don't know you, kid. You know, where am I going to see my money back? And it was hard to do that, so eventually we were able to... Yeah, it was a hard sell. Eventually, we got our ass together and, and were able to, able, able to do that. But, man, it was hard. It took a long time. Well, because the thing is, is you've got this film that's shot on 15 millimeter. You can't even pop in a VHS tape and show, like, a proof of concept or something. You just can't literally have cans, right? You carry it around. So what we did was, you're, you're right, we went ahead, though, and we did tell us any a few minutes and most of it was okay. with the Linnea Quigley footage because she was our big name. And we knew we knew with her name around there uh, we could attract some interest. So we did, we did transfer her key scenes uh, to try to raise money right. to finish it. And, and we took some meetings. Don't get me wrong. We did take some meetings. We got some interest. Um, but the rest of the film wasn't done. And they were like, well, let's see the rest of it. Well, we couldn't afford that. So that's where that happened. Right. I hear you. I hear you. So years past, you've obviously done other projects and, and whatnot and have, have done, you know, lived, you know, bought, yeah, yeah. went to Albertsons, bought some groceries, you know. I mean, you've, you've <laughs> done okay. Um, yeah. But this has always been percolating, percolating on that back burner. That's it. So, I visual vengeance just, Go ahead kind of call you up or uh did how did how did they even find out about it 
So I was looking for you – the know, film finally got finished. I mean, I poured everything okay. into it. I, yeah, I did, other, I did other films. I did other things. But I want, always wanted to go back and finish this film. So I went ahead and put the, as much money into it as I could. And then I started looking for a distributor. And there's a lot out there, but there's only a few that are really good that would put together mm. a really good package. And, you know, Wild Eye Releasing – that's the company, and they had this new label, this Visual of Vengeance, uh, where they look at obscure films that have been done and lost, and I said, yep, that's the one. So we were able to uh, get together and talk about a good deal, and I just can't say enough about Visual Vengeance. Great company, uh, wonderful experience with them, and, uh, yeah, they're awesome. No, that's amazing. That's amazing. I mean, you know, it, it, and you're right. Why not? When they first hit the scene, and I and stuff started coming across um, our little niche of the woods here, um, our little corner uh, for uh, Visual Vengeance, I, I was like, "Wow, what a great idea! What a great idea! I didn't yeah. think of. Um, amazing, you know? Because why not releasing? You're right, man. Any horror fan out there, you know, you watch. I, I know there's in film world there's a special title for those. Uh, you know, the distribution logo that pops up at the beginning of every film and whatnot. And um, anyhow, you see that a lot. You see wide yep. eye a lot. <laughs> you know? Yeah. They, um, and so that's cool. And this fits right into what you're doing and whatnot. And yeah, if you, you know, know if you look cool. at their oh, go ahead. Yeah, if you look at their cover, if you look at their cover art, it's just so cool. They, they really promote their films. They have very splashy, awesome-looking color. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. You know, you're being seduced by the images and by the release strategy that they put out there, and it's great. It really is good. No, oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. Now, you shot this film originally in – this had to be, what, late 80s, early 90s? Yeah, 80, 89, 1989. Wow. Wow. And, you know, the amazing thing about that, and this must have been going down in uh, Ohio, in your neck of the woods, because it certainly was going down in metro Detroit, in the suburbs of Detroit. If people were freaking the hell out over Dungeons and Dragons, you know, satanic cults, man, Dungeons and Dragons and heavy metal, and, you know, we were all going to hell in a handbasket, um, or so we thought. Nobody, uh, and I knew all the weirdos, man, because, you know, I mean, I was hanging out with musicians and, you know, um, painting a lot of drum kits in those days. Um, yeah. But the thing is, is nobody was, that I knew, was in a satanic, you know, that was all just something parents, worried parents, were worried about, you know? Um, yeah. Well, I just carrying around all these Dungeons and Dragons books, and there's a demon on it, so there must <laughs> be something there, you know? Right, like, right. Yeah, okay. You know, that's like I remember. I'll never forget in high school, all of my, my uh, all of my friends' parents, every all the parents in the little town we were living in, all these high school kids are on heavy drugs. I'm like, man, we are so we couldn't afford heavy drugs if we wanted to be on them. You know? Um, yeah, yeah. Wasn't happening. You know, <laughs> it was at least with my circle. <laughs> Maybe some weed, but booze. Right, um, right. Well, this, this, this was at the this this was at the height of what they call the satanic panic. Like you were just saying, uh, in the late '80s, early '90s, man, they were they were seeing 
Satanists everywhere in schools, in work, in universities, in music. I mean, everywhere they were saying, that's the devil, that's the devil. And, you know, SNL did a bunch of spoofs of this. And it was really Mm -hmm. a time when everybody was focused on trying to find that stuff. So for us, it was like, yeah, let's make a film about a guy that exposes that in a small town. And it was a natural thing to, to really come up with. So, you know, like I said, it was all over the news then. So, yeah, it was kind of, you know, easy to find information about that. You could open your newspaper and find an article all the time about a satanic cult that's being suspected of stuff. I mean, it was just everybody was seeing that stuff. Oh, that's amazing. It's amazing. Now, how you mentioned uh, Leanna uh, Quigley. Hopefully I'm saying her yep. first name right there. Um, and um, yep. she is she she was the, you know, I personally remember her from Night of the Demons. Ooh, what a great film that was. Loved it. Saw that at drive-in movie theater. Um, fantastic. Uh, how did you come across her? Yeah, so we made a list of all, you know, cause when, you, when you make an independent low-budget film, if you ever wanted to see the light of day, you got to get a name in there. you got to find a name. you got to find somebody that audiences have heard of, that want to see. So we made a list of actors, and she was the top of our list. I mean, she was she done Return of Living Dead, like you said. She'd done a bunch oh, yeah. of other, uh, yeah, good, good, fun horror films. And we put her at the top, and we thought, well, if we can get her, we've got a great part for her. And we were stunned when she said, yeah, I'll come to Ohio and make this movie with you. And I wrote the part <laughs> of a witch for her, and she told me, she said, how did you know to write a witch for me? She goes, I always wanted to play a witch. That was something I always wanted to do. And I didn't know she wanted to do that, but I was lucky I stumbled on that type of character. So it was fortuitous. It all worked out. But, man, she was great to work with. Just awesome. That's so cool. That is so cool. You must have been the big dog around town. You know, you're bringing her into town. You're making a movie. You know, that doesn't happen in these little towns in Ohio that often. So. I think on the DVD release, I included some she, – she made some local TV appearances we were doing this, and I think that's on okay. the release because, you know, Central Ohio, you know, is like, wow, uh, an actual B-movie star is coming to Ohio. So they sent camera crews out. They interviewed her on the set. Wow. You know, and it was, it, was a, it was a real treat for her and for us because we were getting all this free exposure and she was loving it, so it was really cool. And I think it's on the DVD, uh, the special features about those interviews. It's pretty funny. Nice, nice. Well, you know, and here you, I mean, you're you're like George Lucas or something around around town, you know. And then <laughs> then you move out to L.A. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> kind of thinking, okay, let me just roll up to the back lot at MGM here and uh, right, get to work. Right. And uh, not so much. Um, yeah, it's hard. The thing, and especially even today, there are so many gatekeepers, you know. Um, yes, yes. And especially in the movie world. Like, I, I know all these people that make independent film and, and actors and this and that now, but I, I've been doing the show a long time. Um, yeah, yeah. And, you know, you meet people when you live out there. But it's interesting because everybody moves on. Oh, I'll just get an agent. Right. And nobody tells you how to do that. That's kind of hard to do. Exactly. You kind of know. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. 
That's exactly right. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know anybody out here. Yeah, I didn't know anybody out here. So it was a new experience for me. And, uh, you know, I had to stumble and figure, okay, this person does this at this studio. So, yeah, I mean, you have to kind of figure that out on your own. Uh, but once you, once you get in the business, uh, you start getting familiar with addresses, with companies, with the movers and shakers. So it took a few years. But then I started really figuring stuff out. But, yeah, it took a little while to do that. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, then you're making Frankenstein Rising. It's a great film. Yes. Oh. Yes. <laughs> yes. That, that movie hopefully is also looking for a distributor. Uh, and we no. did that film 2008. So it's, it's, it needs to come out, too. Nice. Nice. Well, this is cool, man. This is exciting. And it's got to be... I mean, it's got to put a little pep in your step. This was your 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 your, your uh, final project, right? From for uh, grad school, you were saying? Yeah, that was. You bet it was my master's project to get my master's degree, and wow, I did. <laughs> but it, it was like you know, it was great to. And we for for crewing, we had the undergrads at the college that were the crew members. <laughs> we had local actors. It was great. It was a win-win for everybody. They got credit. They got, you know, both school credit and the credit in the movie. I got to get a master's, and the actors all got experience for themselves, too. So it was a lot of fun getting that. Yeah, it was really cool. That's awesome. That is so cool. That is so cool. And, you know, it, it, what a cool film. It's released. Uh, when does it come out, uh, Eric? When does it come out? Is it, it, I know it's this month at some point. Yeah, the release date, I think, is uh, November 22nd, so a couple more weeks. Nice. And it's got a lot of special features on it, so it's worth checking out. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I have a friend of mine who's an independent filmmaker. He's not at the level you're at, you know, he hasn't. But he's working, he's trying. And um, he told me one time, I'll never forget, we were having a couple drinks, uh, you know, and and just BSing. And he told me, he said, I watch, he goes, I love getting Blu-rays. Yeah, they had the, the, yes. the special features and the play-by-play at the end of the film. And, uh, you know, he goes, only people like me probably watch it. He goes, but not only do I watch it, I get out a pad of paper and I take notes because it's like a free class. <laughs> you know? <laughs> he goes, I want to know how this shot was shot. Uh, I, I want to know as many tricks as I can. And I'm like, yeah, that, that's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, seriously. Uh, yeah, that that's one of the best that, things about life, man. Just keep your eyes open and be be able and willing to experience different things, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www.jamierox.us. Metal Babe Mayhem is more than just an online store, it's a destination. 
Station, MiddleBabeMayhem.com carries over 150 rock and roll products, including clothing, jewelry, and accessories. Metal Babe Mayhem also offers shrine clothing and alchemy gothic jewelry. In addition, Metal Babe Mayhem founder Allison Metal Babe Cohen is a rock and roll journalist who supports local and national artists with rock and reviews, interviews, playlists, networking, and more. Metal Babe Mayhem is taking over the world one shirt at a time. My Love Shack Apothecary online shop has everything you need to build a special gift for yourself or someone who needs a little pampering. I hand make all of the products in small batches using only plant-based ingredients and therapeutic grade essential oils. Whether you choose one of my curated sets or want to build a custom gift set, My Love Shack Apothecary has everything you need to send a little sunshine to someone today. Please visit us online at www.loveshackapothecary.com. That's www.loveshackapothecary.com. As well as online on Instagram and Facebook. Links are in our website. Support for this podcast comes from the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center, ranked one of the top cancer centers in the nation for the last 27 years. The doctors at MD Anderson treat more rare cancers in a single day than many physicians see in a lifetime, and treatment plans are tailored to an individual patient's needs, allowing more comprehensive and thorough care. To become a patient, please visit makingcancerhistory.com. Aloha. If you have stress in your life or even anxiety and panic, I want to invite you to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast for a way out. The Anxiety Coaches Podcast is a relaxing and inspiring show, bringing you lifestyle changes to calm your nervous system and help you heal. Heal anxiety, panic, and PTSD for life. We bring you two episodes every week. There's no need to walk this path alone. Join us for a relaxing, informative, and inspiring time and start your journey out of anxiety panic. That's anxietycoachespodcast.com. Aloha. Rockscare, the online webshop of high-end luxury merchandise and products. All featuring original pop art paintings, from La Holla to Miami to London, www.merch.jamierocks.us. Now, you know, um, other than this, you're uh, washing dishes at the local... Do- no, I'm kidding. You're a professor <laughs> in a department chair, I am. Man. I am. Cool yes, that? I am. Oh, it's awesome! It's great. So I'm I'm the I'm a I'm a teaching I teach screenwriting and filmmaking. I'm the head of the department uh, at a community college out here in L.A. And man, I freaking dig it! It is the coolest thing. I get to work with undergrads, talk about all the things that I did right and all the things I did bad, which were mostly uh, in that category. But it it was great because I get to talk 
to all these eager people. And, man, there is nothing better in the world than sharing knowledge with people that want to hear it. It's really cool. And everybody likes to hear about movies. They love to hear about, especially right. low-budget horror films. I mean, who doesn't like that? And they they were really into it. They're into it. They They ask a lot of good questions, which is great. They really do. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, there's, there's something about, you know, you ask, ask uh, the Disney folks or Cedar Point or any of those yeah. people. People like to be scared. They have liked to, you know, Edgar Allan Poe would have been writing, uh, you know, ad copy or something. But people yeah. like to be yeah. scared, you know. They um, do. Always have. They do. Always have. Yeah. And I don't know if it's a Very primal good. thing, something, you know, it's in our genetics from sitting around the, the cave fire, you know, oh, there was a big yeah. thing almost ate me, you know, or what. But it's one of them things that people just, because it's cool and it's fun and it's, they you know. They do. They love horror films. Every, every, you know, like we just had two or three open up uh, around Halloween in Hollywood, but people love to be scared. They love, they love the, the titillating fear that, you know, something could be in the closet, something's around the corner. And it's primal. You know, it goes back to when we were in the jungle and thinking of things and trying to survive. And it's it's great. I mean, horror films are, are great, great genres to start in because you can do so much with them. I mean, look at Blair Witch Project. It's a very basic idea mm. that made millions of dollars. And it was just a couple Absolutely. guys that said, hey, what if we have a witch in the woods and we have a person with a video camera? And there you go. And that made millions and millions of dollars with an idea like that. You never know. You never know, Jamie. It could be anything. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, paranormal activity. I'm, I think that was the yes. first crowdfunding one that I remember all of my friends were like, we're in the movie business. And I'm like, what do you mean you're in the yeah. movie business, Todd? What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. Watch the end of Paranormal. I get producer credit. I'm on the, yep. I'm on the TV. My name is. Yeah, and, uh, that's right. I, I remember just yeah, laughing, cool. going, "Man, what a brilliant idea that is!" <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you can it? have a lot of you can have a lot of cool things with horror films. There's a my favorite horror film in the last twenty years is a movie called It Follows. It's a really okay. great original idea. It's about a demon that goes from person to person as a sexually transmitted disease. So you literally hook up with somebody and you pass the demon on to them. I mean, what a, what a really cool idea for our times, right? I mean, it's, it's, great. it's a great film. It's a, it's a great idea. And uh, people should check that out. It's called It Follows. And it was voted recently the number uh, top fifth uh, most uh, frightening horror film. So it really is a really, really cool idea for a simple film, you know, Anybody can do something like that, but it starts with the idea. Yeah, oh, it's amazing. Well, you know, and they look at people like you, and, uh, you know, obviously you've had, you know, the accolades and whatnot, and, uh, you know, you, you don't just you don't just stroll in and become a professor or department chair. You know, I mean, eh, I think I'll do this now. Um, there's a lot of work to get to those positions in any field, um, let alone film and cinema, uh, media arts, you know, Um yeah, but, but you know, I mean, started out. Here you are. You're a kid in, uh, you know, in, well, not a kid, but a young adult in in Ohio, yeah. and, and you're going to school, and and you're making movies, man. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. cooler than being in a band. 
know? <laughs> right, right. I mean, it's it's the best thing. You know, if you love movies as much as I'm guessing you and I do, it is the coolest thing in the world to get to make films. I mean, who wouldn't want to make a film? And today, I got to say, though, Jamie, today it's so much easier because all you need is your phone uh, and you need a computer to edit on, and you can make everything. But back then, we, when we made this, you had to only shoot film. They didn't, videotape wasn't really that widespread yet. It looked like video, which is shitty. No, film, film looks like film. It looks better. But it, the thing about film today and back then is it's expensive as hell. I mean, it costs a lot. So we, we had the budget for that to buy the film, but we didn't have the money to edit it, and that's where we ran into trouble. But, yeah, today it's so much easier to make a film, uh, and people should. They should go out there and make their own movie if they have a cool idea. That's always the thing. You've got to have a cool idea. Well, and write things down. I tell everybody, I'm like, it all, I have scrapbooks and, and, and books uh, of, of just, right. just idea books. Just, just, yeah. You know, I buy a a, a folder or whatever, and, and write ideas. I've got. I'm looking right now at three binders of titles of paintings that Ooh. I haven't painted. <laughs> you know, man. So, I shouldn't be saying this out wow. here, but it's so true. <laughs> I, sometimes I'll paint a cool painting, and the hardest part of it is like, wow, what do I, what do I call this thing? <laughs> You know, let me get right, the book. Right, right, Oh, that's a cool name. Let's go with that. Yeah, yeah. But you, but I tell everybody, no matter what business you're in, write your ideas down. You know, um, yep. Because that's you it. never know, you might come back to it. You know, and and no idea is bad. They're just maybe not as good as some others. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. You know, you you. You put an idea in, in, you know, in a shelf, in, in, a, in a drawer, and then later you come back and you revisit that. And like you just said, no idea is really bad. It's just is it something that has legs? Can you do something with the idea? Can you, you know, go beyond just, just you know, conflict and character? Can you go deeper? And, you know, if you really think about it and work on it, you can. You can – and I forget who the quote about the person that says, great artists um, – don't steal, they borrow. You know, they, they right. borrow ideas so from other true. things. And yeah, and that, that is true because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always inspired. I'm inspired by other films, by TV. Uh, I'm inspired by every, by life. You know, you can pick up a newspaper and you can get inspired by current events. So I, I always find especially ideas out there. Especially these days. Yes, yeah, yes especially in it. Look at, look at all that's happening in our country. These are great ideas. These are wonderful things. Uh, that future generations are going to say, what was it like back then? And you can show them a film. <laughs> you can show them absolutely. an idea that you had that you were inspired by, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We just we just had a little Halloween get-together, and one of the gals showed up. She was dressed up like a flapper from the 20s. And I was talking yeah. to my wife about this afterwards. And I said, you know, it's interesting. And she's like, I don't know, 23 or something, you know, she's a young kid. <laughs> and uh, I was like, you know, it's interesting I wonder if she really realizes what the world was like when that trend right. was. I mean, now it, to her, it's probably just a trope. Or and she may very may well, you know, be more knowledgeable than I am about it. But um, I wouldn't yeah. then. But I, I, thought, yeah. I thought it fascinating. I said, you know, it, it's interesting that um, I said, we're living, and my, my wife pointed this out. She goes, you know, we're living exactly like you just said in a time period people are going to be reflecting back on. And I don't know if they'll be reflecting, 
you know, significantly or whatever. Oh, that senator from such and such, you know, nobody remembers that shit, you know, 100 years from now, unless it's really, really bad. Um, But, you know, they just remember, ah, everybody was fighting about masks. What a bunch of idiots. You know, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I think your wife, I think your wife is a genius. I, I completely believe uh, that we're, they are going to look back at this time. I mean, you had, you had COVID, you had a, election madness. And, you know, a buddy of mine, he famously said, you know, when David Bowie died, uh, it's like everything <laughs> went to shit. I, I, I mean, it, it, and he, he pointed out that, like, we had the election, two elections. Um, we mm-hmm. had all these issues out there in our government and our in our society, we had COVID and, you know, we, we had all these things. He goes, you know, Bowie, man, when he left, it's like, it's weird. Everything really got strange. And I said, I, I could see that. So people find I, links all the time to things. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you know, the whole five years thing. <laughs> it's going to, right. You know, maybe that's, that's all we got. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh man. I, you know what? It, it's it's weird though because you're right. It just keeps happening. Stuff just keeps happening. You know now. You know, and it's not it's not even a big deal. They're like, oh, you know, Putin's threatening nuclear annihilation. I'm like, what are you talking? I'm a child of the '80s, so of course, you know, yeah. I grew up in. I'm as you did too. You know, maybe I I don't know. We're probably about the same age, but um, you know, we had AIDS. I, I remember nobody knew anything right. about it. You know, I remember my father yeah. sitting me down, um, you know, don't be careful of the drinking. Don't use public washroom. Nobody knew. It wasn't right. being homophobic yeah. or anything. He was just, nobody knew how this thing was going on. Nobody knew. So, you know, yeah. and, and then I think that that uh, he lectured me about that, if memory serves. I can't remember if it was before or after. Um, I'd watched that movie uh, the day after. <laughs> and I was like, yes. Well, we better stock up on canned food for, uh, you know, after the nuclear bombs drop. He's like, right. kid, we live 20 minutes from a air base. You don't Uh-oh. have to worry about that. Um, it'll, it'll be over. You're fast. lucky. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You won't even feel anything. Um, That's it. And, you know, I, mean, and you, I look back and I'm like, I thought it was bad then. Now it's right. <laughs> here we are again. But you know what? Everything comes back around. Everything comes back around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the amazing thing is here we are. We're having a conversation, you know, across the continent, real time, no big deal. And, you know, you're releasing a film, um, you know, finally that (laughs) got released. And that's cool, you know. And it's just, you know, there's there's pot. I see amongst all the madness, every so often I'll get a little glimmer of something you know, funny or cool that's going down, and I'm like, pretty cool. Um, but yeah, yeah, I am waiting for the aliens to land any day. <laughs> you know, big slugs <laughs> coming out of spaceships or something. Wouldn't right. surprise me. Wouldn't right, surprise right. me. You know. Um, oh, man. Yeah, but it's, it, it's, it's a weird world. It's definitely, but maybe it's it always, is. I don't know. I don't know if it's weird, you know. I mean, if it's always been that way, maybe, you know. Maybe a couple people were at one time sitting around going, yeah, these cars are scaring all the horses. What the hell is that? <laughs> you know? I don't know. Yeah, everything Crazy. everything goes back around. Every, everything, you know, what was, like you just said, the danger and nuclear war. I mean, look, we're, look what's going on now. We're still, 
dealing with the threat of nuclear war. So everything goes around. It was AIDS in the 80s. Now it's COVID, you know, in, in the 20, 2020. I mean, it, everything goes around. It, it, everything's cyclical. So who knows what tomorrow will be, will be about, but there will definitely be some thing on the horizon that will scare the hell out of everybody. No, absolutely. Absolutely. We went to um, uh, a couple weeks ago, we went to Disney World. And, um, you know, because we're like, ah, COVID's over. Not a big deal. You know, we're right, tooling right. around Disney World. No mask. You know, we're washing our hands before we eat and after we use yeah. the washroom. But we ain't making a big deal. Yeah. Nobody's, like, Lysoling. Me and my wife aren't Lysoling each other down like we used to. Um, yeah. We're back, you know. I don't know. We got back. We're, we're here about six hours at home. And she's like, oh, I'm not feeling well. i got a sore throat now. <laughs> my God damn it. Uh-oh. Um, uh-oh. Let's, let me dig out these tests that I ordered from the post. And sure enough, you know, right, quarantined right. for a week. I'm like, oh, man, I can't believe. Uh, but I told her, she and she had bad, too. She's like, I just, I mean, not bad. She didn't go to the hospital or anything. But um, she wasn't feeling well. And I said, thank God yeah. we got those shots because imagine how you'd feel if you didn't. This is supposed to be the mild version of it. You know? Yeah. And she's Oh, oh terrible. Yeah. terrible. Yeah, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, it's crazy. Yeah. But, yeah, just it's, it's one of them things. But, you know, at least you waited to release your film, you know, till after where people can at least have parties and watch it and stuff now, you know. Right, right. Um, yeah, we, we, were, we were real excited to finally get it out there because it's, it's been – it's been three decades waiting, and, and uh, you know, and because Linnea Quigley's in it, we would get every once in a while people would say, hey, are you ever going to finish that film with Linnea? And I, I'd say, oh, yeah, we'll get around to it. But eventually we did, and it, it's like, wow, this is pretty good. And the reviews on yeah. it have been pretty positive, too. You yourself said some nice things film. about it. So that's cool, man. It, that's great that you say that. I appreciate that. And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www dot j-a-m-i-e-r-o-x-x dot u-s hey rockers this is stacy lane wilson author and editor of the rock and roll nightmares book series i have a new podcast that features interviews with musicians artists authors filmmakers and music historians in season one i interview phil Toussaint from ozzy osbourne's band Scott Crawford, the director of the Cream Magazine documentary, Lisa S. Johnson, the award-winning author and photographer of the books 108 Rockstar Guitars and Immortal Axes, just to name a few. The Rock and Roll Nightmares podcast explores the dark and mysterious and sometimes funny side of music from the 60s, 70s, 80s, and beyond. Enjoy on RSS or anywhere you like to listen to podcasts. Glittering amethyst, energizing citrine, colorful fluorite, the other side of the sun, Earth's treasures brought to light. 
Since 1999, we have offered a unique collection of hand-selected minerals and gems for every budget, for novices, collectors, and healers. Visit www.tosots.com to view our wide selection of offerings and use coupon code ROCKS, that's R-O-X-X, for 10% off your first order. Remember, T-O-S-O-T-S dot com, Earth's treasures brought to light. Hi folks, Jamie Rocks here. Hey, if you're a big fan of uh, historical, cool historical books uh, like me, then you're going to want to check out our newest uh, show sponsor, Michelle Albion. Uh, fantastic author. She's got some really interesting, cool books out uh, that you're going to want to check out. I'm a big fan of all of these. Uh, the Florida Life of Thomas Edison, The Quotable Edison, Quotable Henry Ford, uh, Quotable Eleanor Roosevelt, and, of course, The Quotable Amelia Earhart. Uh, Michelle's just very keen and, and very, very cool, um, and these are just very cool books. So check out her website. Uh, there's links to uh, where you can pick these up on Amazon and Barnes & Noble all over the place. Uh, MichelleAlbion.com, M-I-C-H-E-L-E-A. L-B-I-O-N.com. MichelleAubion.com. Very, very cool stuff. Check it out, folks. Yeah, absolutely. And, and people listening, I, I'm going to be reminding everybody, you're going to get sick of me talking about um, this <laughs> film because it's, uh, you know, Heartland of Darkness, as it's, that's all we know it by now. Um, yeah, it's yep. it's fantastic. Um, no, that happens. That happens. People all the time ask me. They're like, "Well, you had an IMDb link to the movie, but it's titled." I'm like, "Man, you know, distributors, there's things happen in business. <laughs> Changes happen. Right. You know, uh, who knows? <laughs> but come on. Um, yeah. No, you know it does. But this is a great. This does not. I mean, of course. There are some dated stuff, you know. Um, I noticed oh, yeah. in a oh, couple yeah. scenes, you know, in, in the shop, in the store there, um, you know, I could yep. see, I'm like, oh, that, I looked at it with nostalgic fondness, you know. And, perfect. Um, perfect. Perfect. Yeah, you know, it was, it was great. But by no means was this something that you would see, you know, you're, oh, I'm flipping through the TV at 3 in the morning and this whole movie's on, you know, and then I'm watching no, I mean, it's still cool. It's it's a good story, too. And the acting's first rate in it. I think this is a winner, you know? Very, oh, very cool. You. you know, it, it, people have been saying it's like a time capsule from the 80s because, you know, mm-hmm. people want to know what it was, what the dress was like, what the cars were like, you know, what, I mean, one one of the key things in there is our main guy works at a, he, he opens up his own newspaper, and back then they were still using typewriters, and he has... He has a typewriter ribbon that breaks, and I've talked with it with students. They're like, "What the hell's a typewriter ribbon?" I mean, yeah. these are things that you know. Yeah, they they had no clues. So it is it is like a time capsule uh, that you open up and say, "Wow, there's things that this movie talks about and explores that I know nothing about." And it's kind of cool when you can discover something like that for the first time. It's kind of cool. No, absolutely. I remember in high school, typing was a class. They were like. Well, kids, uh, you know, maybe things won't work out for you, but you can always get a job as a secretary if you know how to type. Right. And if you can right. age and type, you know, without looking at the keyboard. 
And, you know, that was an actual class. I, I dated a gal. Yeah. took that class, um, you know. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, there was, in our particular school, we actually had basic machinery, too, you know. So if you got a job at the factory, that's where everybody was headed, uh, they thought. Oh, we had the know, same thing. Jamie, we had the same thing in my school, too. Same thing. Yep. Yeah. You had the, you had, you had the uh, mechanical stuff. You had the shot. You had the woodworking. You had sewing. Man, you had everything mm-hmm. there in case. You know, they, they they really equipped you. Today, they don't really have that stuff for most kids. They, you know, they 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 assume they're going to either uh, go right to college or get a job out. You know, a basic job. So yeah, those were great days when you could learn a skill like that. I agree. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, you know, it, it's interesting because you're right. You were right. A lot of the kids today, I, I mean, you know, I, I feel kind of bad for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I just, you know, it's, it's, it's a weird, it's a different world. But then again, at the same time, I don't know how to do TikTok. So, you know, uh, maybe right. there's a trade-off there. <laughs> you know? I agree. That's a good point. Very good point. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, well, let me ask you this. Now, you're yep. a filmmaker. This is what you do. Um, did you yep. always know when you were a kid, like before grad school and, and film school and all this and that, did you know that, you know, did you have that idea that, yeah, making movies, that's what I'm going to be doing, entertainment, baby. Um, was that in your, you know, thought process of, of how you were going to wind up? So it wasn't until I got a little bit – I saw Star Wars in 1977, okay. and that, that blew me away. I was like, I want to make oh, yeah. that kind of stuff. But I wanted to go into visual effects, Jamie. I wanted to go into how did they create the oh. models, make the moves. And I was going to study that until I found out how much math and science you had to have. And I was like, ah. <laughs> and I loved, since I was a kid, I loved to write and do stories. So I realized maybe that's what I should go into is storytelling. But I love movies. So it was kind of like a good marriage between stories and visuals. Uh, so movies are natural. So, yeah, I gravitated to that when I was very young. And, uh, yeah, and eventually I, I pursued photography in high school. And then I went okay. to college and decided, yeah, decided to become a filmmaker. So there was a natural progression from storyteller to filmmaker um, but it was a little little different than most people. But, yeah, the hunger was always there. I, I really wanted to do that. I hear you, man. I, my big dream was um, album covers. I'm like, I'm going to make albums. Yes. I'm going to paint album covers. That's, and yes. then that went away. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, oh, i got to figure something else out. <laughs> it's, uh, I'll never forget. I was laughing the other day. My Because uh, my father, who's an engineer, he's a mechanical engineer, was like, yeah, eh, I don't know about painting, kid. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't want to be supporting you when you're 30. Um, why don't you try, um, you know, getting into car design? You know, you could make these. Right. You get a job at one of the big three, and you you can paint cars and and all this and that. And of course, I turned my nose up at it because it was my father giving this idea. And what the hell did he know? Right. Yeah. At the time, right, I right. thought, you know. But I was laughing the other day, so we get back from uh, vacation, and uh, like I said, the wife's sick, so I'm, you know, pushing in soup under the door every so often, you know, getting 
putting on my level four biohazard suit and bringing her Twinkies. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, and then I'm going back to work. And one of the things I had to catch up on is, you know, when you go on vacation, you got to catch up on everything. One of my big clients is this, this well-to-do fellow in the Pacific Northwest. And I've been working on this project with him for, I don't know, five years now. He is a vintage race car collector. And he owns like 65 mm. of these very high-end, uh, you know, Lotus and that kind of stuff. Real high-end mm. cars. He calls it a stable. It's got a big building they're all in. And he's having me paint every one of his cars. <laughs> and, um, you know, I can't complain because it's, you know, for the past five years, steady money, you know. Every yeah. uh, every yeah. quarter I'm shipping a, another batch of paintings and he's bought sure. another three or four cars and he's sending me pictures of and, you know, and it's just, it's, but I'm sitting here and I'm catching up because I had to finish up some <laughs> one of his orders and I thought about my father, you know, suggesting I paint cars <laughs> and me turning my nose yeah. off and here I am. <laughs> You know, he's laughing somewhere at me, going, oh, I'm sure he is. Man kind of I'm sure he is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But it's, you know, you got to do what, you, what you're supposed to be. There's a great Mark Twain quote that I love. It said there's two very important uh, moments in a person's life, the moment they're born and the moment they figure out why they were born. Ah. It seems like you I figured that, that out, quote. though. I love you know, that quote. You know, through trial tribulation. You made it happen. And now the film yeah. is being released. That's got to yeah. be the best feeling. People are digging your work. It, yeah, that's really what it's about is just that you get your work out there. I mean, every artist wants to, you know, the reason why we're artists is we're trying to, you know, give something to the masses, to the people about our art. Yeah, that they, otherwise, that they get. Why do it? So, yeah. So it's like, yeah, I wanted people to finally – check this movie out and uh yeah i mean it's finally coming out all these years later so it's a really cool feeling and i just hope the audience uh digs it as much as we did when we were making it oh i'm, I'm sure they will i'm sure they will and there are there, there's a, you know movies get released especially today with the rise of streaming channels and whatnot you know they're, they're dying for content you know all they yeah. are you and it's obvious Scroll through Netflix sometimes, folks, if you don't believe me, looking right. for something to watch. Right. And you're like, yeah, these guys are buying. My wife, the other day, I walked in the room, and she's watching a game. She loves game shows, you know, part of that generation. And um, she's watching. They made a game show called The Floor is Lava. <laughs> and I'm like, Ooh. what? <laughs> Somebody, and, I, and she's like, why are you laughing? And I'm like, well, first off, I'm just in, imagining the pitch meeting for this you know there, there was a, somebody sat down at a big table with people and sold them. Right. i need to hire that person to sell paintings um yeah you know, because they're obviously good at it <laughs> selling crazy ideas oh my god but um yes you know it's amazing so a person in your position here you are you've got this classic you know cinematic masterpiece it's so mm -hmm. cool yeah and it's very apropos. You know, yeah, we don't have the satanic panic going on, but we have panic about everything else. Uh, you know, right. just um, imagine it's critical race theory or something. You still have the same people freaking out. You know, it's the end of days, yep. and 
the sky is falling and we're living in Pompeii, apparently. Um, (laughs) You know, I mean, people relate to it, you know. And uh, in this case, there really is a satanic church. I don't want to give anything away. (laughs) I don't want to give anything away. I think that's in the trailer. So, yeah, I'm okay. What a great (laughs) film, though. What a great film. Let me ask you this. Being a professor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me ask you, being a professor and a department chair and all this, and a filmmaker, do you still write, like, daily? Are you still writing down ideas? No, I I wish I could lie to you and say that I do write every day, but, um, nah, I don't write every day. I I am working on a few projects, uh, you know, scripts that I've been working on here and there. Yeah, and, you know, we're trying to get another feature off the ground maybe next summer. So it's fun. Um, but I've, I've spent most of my time uh, inspiring and teaching undergrads uh, the things that I loved so much when I was in college. And, yeah, that's the thing I tell people all the time. Whatever you decide to do in life, make sure it's something that you really enjoy doing. You, either you've already done it like me or you would like to do it down the road. But life is too short to spend your time doing something you don't want to do. Uh, I mean, it's so true, and there's so many people that have miserable jobs, they're unhappy, and it's like life, you know, you only get one go around. So I I say do something that you really want to do. I love teaching. I love it. I'm good at it, and it's great. And so I I found my niche. I found my niche, and I. but I'd like to keep writing and directing. I do that uh, on occasion, and I love doing that too. but, you know, I like inspiring people. And when I do make a film, I like to do what I did at, at Ohio State, and that is I like to use my, my students as the crew because uh, it's great to see the look on their face when they're loading a camera or they're setting up a light. Because oh, yeah. I was once like that. And it's just really inspiring, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, and it, you're so right. I, I was, we were just at the grocery store the other day, and I'm, I'm waiting in line, and you know, there's. I live in South Florida in a community where there's a lot of people of a certain age, and nothing wrong with that, but it's just how it is. And, you know, somebody yep. was bitching at the cashier or whatever and um, just being ugly. And so they finally got out of there, and we all moved on. And um, But I was talking, I was a couple people behind them, talking to this old guy in front of me. And he's like, man, that person is really wound up. And I said, yeah, just think they got to walk around in that mood all day. You know, life is too sh- – they are obviously not happy. Have Probably haven't been for 20 years, you know. Um, yep. Don't waste your life being mad. That's, that's my right. advice. Do I think that's the can- best advice you can have. Yep, yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Well, it's great. Folks, it's called Heartland of Darkness. And I'll be reminding everybody when it releases. Now, this is going to be just all released everywhere, right, on all the platforms and everything? Yeah. I don't know about streaming yet, but I know for sure you can find it at Amazon. You can find it at Best Buy. So, yeah, it's going to be out there. And, you know, the cool thing about it is it's on Blu-ray DVD, uh, which, you know, we've kind of – today almost everything is streaming. But this is old-school DVD, which is – I love it. You hold it in your hands. Yeah, it's really cool with all the – cool special features it has. So it's kind of a call back to a time when you could actually own the medium, and that's pretty cool. So we're excited it's coming oh, Absolutely. Out. Absolutely. My wife got me a couple years ago, she got me a uh, 
for Christmas. She got me a uh, uh, record player. And um, yeah, that's kids. That's what people used to listen to music on. <laughs> right, right. I forgot how much I loved albums and vinyl and all that. You know, yes. I started yes. on the hunt of that. And I'm like, everybody's like, oh, look at this hipster at the thrift store digging through the crates. Yeah, absolutely. I like reading. Yeah, that's right. We didn't have Twitter back in the day. We had to read the line. That's how you found out about bands and stuff, you know? Oh, my God. Remember going to Blockbuster and reading the back of the movies? You'd sit there and read it. Wasn't that great to do that? Yeah. Absolutely. Those were the days. Those were the days. Yeah. I'm telling you. Now people watch a movie on their phone. I'm like, are you listening to music? I'm like, are you you kidding me? Yeah, the real, no, like, the real heartbreaking stuff is when you hear that when you hear that somebody watched 2001 on their phone, and I'm like, well, you didn't yeah. really watch the movie. I mean, you you were looking at at you know basically a tiny fragment, uh, but if you want to look at a movie, you got to go to a big screen. And they're looking at me like, well, where do we find that? And I said, you got to go to movie theaters. That's where big screens yeah. are. Uh, yeah. So anyway. Absolutely. I just watched a, uh, I, I got in this kick where I'm watching all these, uh, it happened during the pandemic and I'm still doing it, where I'm watching these weird, uh, not weird, but, but YouTube, I guess YouTube documentaries. I don't know, you know, I, I guess they're just, they made a documentary and they put it on YouTube or whatever. And I was watching one yeah. about 2001 and I did not, mm. feel, and I'm a big science fiction fan. I've seen that movie a million times, you know, I, and yeah. I get the basic story of it, you know. Yeah, yeah. I went to the zoo, <laughs> you know. I mean, I get it. Yeah. But I never, the technical aspects of it, um, I was watching on this, and uh, they showed this spaceship going into the uh, the, 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 the spinning um, space station, and they're like, no, yeah. look. You know, and it had, like, all these different panes of glass with different things on them, and they're like, the yeah. planet's rotating at this speed, the space station's at this, and the space right. is it? I'm like, holy moly! And that wasn't CGI. That was no, in that a was studio, and that was models. Yeah, that was models and good science. They really figured that out how the science is. And you know, that was before we put a man on the moon. I mean, it, we were already in space doing stuff, but that was a year before they put a man on the moon, which is really impressive when you think about it. Kubrick, he was a master of detail like that. Did a lot of research. Figure that stuff out, and I mean, 2001 is as close to the real thing uh, as far as space travel and stuff like that. It really is. It's it's a great example of filmmaking and science mixed together. Oh, absolutely. And then people, you know, it's interesting because people watch that. You and I, of course, our first probably big space thing was Star Wars, and yeah, like when you know when when the Tie Fighters had that kind of German Messerschmitt scream as they come in, you know what I mean? We dug it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, technically you wouldn't hear that in space. Didn't care. <laughs> you know. Exactly. Then you watch 2001 after that, and you're like, nah, come on, Stanley. We need some space right, screens right. there happening. Yeah. Um, but it's a great yeah. film. It's great. I just recently rewatched The Shining. Hadn't seen that in years. Oh. Hadn't watched that. That's one of the creepiest movies. And I have no idea who did the music for that, but I hope they won an Academy Award um, because that man, what a soundtrack! Yeah, no, it really is. It's some of the best music. It really is. 
I'm telling you, I watched that and I had the idea because we have all this weird stuff in our, you know, we're, my wife's a sculptor. I'm a painter. If you can imagine what our house is like. And, um, you know, we're the weirdos on the block. And I watched The Shining and I went on Amazon and, and even eBay. And I'm like, somebody had, had printed out the all work or the book Jack was working, Jack Torrance was working on. For those who haven't mm. seen it, I don't want to. Yeah. But I wanted to buy, I wanted that in a book form for my coffee table just to freak people out, mm. you know, when they come over and, what's this? And they look in it. Oh, my God, what the hell is this? You know, I got to get out of here. Right, uh, right. It'd be better in a typewriter, though, um, with a broken ribbon. Even. Uh, yeah, but nobody has done it. I'm like, well, there's a million-dollar idea probably. Uh, no, there's probably there's like me one. and one other weirdo would buy that. Wouldn't be worth <laughs> it. Um, who knows? Who knows? That's one of those ideas that's a good idea, but not as good as others. <laughs> right. And we have a lot of those. We have a lot of those. Oh, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Oh, man. Well, it's so cool, Eric. And it's so cool that you're still, you know, you're teaching now and you're, you're you know, shaking the tree and creating other filmmakers and whatnot. How cool is that? Yeah. You know? I love it. Yeah, I have a I new love respect. love it, love it, love it. I definitely have a, a, a deeper respect for filmmakers pre or post COVID because in my opinion, we got, I don't know how they did it with the Spanish flu because, you know, everybody was reading books and I, I don't even know if radio was that widespread when that was going down in 1918. You know, I think maybe, um, yeah, I don't know how they got through it, man, because we're all in our houses and with our masks and, you know, we're watching, uh, Amazon. <laughs> We're watching Hulu, right, you know. Right. Uh, oh, it's a different world, but you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, so cool. Well, you know, uh, you. of course, you're probably going to get emails from people saying, "Well, you're just inspired a whole new thing of, uh, you know, um, satanic churches now." So, uh, thanks for that, Eric. Thanks for that, Noah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, no, I, it's all it's all good. It, it, excited, it's out there, and and uh, people can check it out. They can get inspired. They can laugh. They can they can shiver. Most people are going to laugh at, at the datedness of it, how how old it is. But that's part of the fun of discovering movies. You know, you especially these kind of absolutely. genre horror films that are yeah, they're they're fun, and I just hope people really enjoy it and uh, and get something out of it. That's why we make films. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I got in this kick where I've been watching these these kids. Uh, they do these YouTube videos where they react to movies, you know. And of right, course, right. being October, they've all been you know watching all these old horror, like classic horror. That Frankenstein. I, what is that? Yeah. You know. And so I'm watching right. this one the other day while I'm having my lunch, and this gal's like, "You better not throw that little girl. You better not throw her in the lake." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, honey." <laughs> happening but the interesting thing is she was as shocked and of that i I don't know maybe the concept shocked her more than the actual act i don't know but i'm like yeah people freaked out about that as i understand it (laughs) you know that they did wasn't cool yeah and you know here it is still freaking somebody out some screenwriter somewhere came up with that i don't know if that wasn't i can't remember it's been since college since i read mary shelley i don't know if that was in the in that book or not, that, that scene. I don't think it was, but 
I'm not I'm not sure, but what's amazing is that she was 16 years old when she when she did Frankenstein. I mean, how many 16 year olds do you know that can write a scary book like that? I don't know very many. No. And you know no. that, that was amazing. Yeah, she did that. So there you go. Cool. There you go. Well, very cool. And man, I've had fun tonight. This is a great. I could we could do one of those three hour Joe Rogan. Uh, podcast just talking about film because <laughs> I've got an expert in film on. You know, it's amazing. Um, oh, the my life blinking here. I've had so much fun tonight. <laughs> Thank you so much for two things. Number one, taking time to be on the show, of course. Really appreciate that. And number two, sure. and mo- much more important, finally getting your movie out that I got to see. <laughs> this movie is yes. awesome. Finally. Very cool. You did it. Oh, thanks, you Jamie. This it. was the best. Thank you, buddy. I'll talk to you soon, my friend. Oh, thanks, man. Jamie. Yeah, absolutely. Well, folks, that's going to wrap it up for us tonight. Mr. Eric Swellstad, he wrote, directed, produced Heartland of Darkness. It's uh, it's dropping. It's dropping here in a couple of weeks. It's going to be out. I want everybody to ch- go get it, check it out. You might be able to pre-order this. I should have asked, Eric. I, I don't know. Um, but if you can, definitely do that. Uh, believe me, distribution companies and filmmakers love it if you can pre-order it, and you do. Uh, everybody likes to know their party is going to have a lot of people at it, um, and so it's, it's a good idea. But, yeah, I'll be reminding everybody, and we're going to convert this uh, our episode tonight, our conversation, to a podcast. We're going to put it out on all the streaming um, uh, or not not uh, all the uh, social media platforms and on all the podcasting platforms streaming. We don't we don't uh, I guess you yeah technically it's stream, um, but yeah you can you can be able to listen to it all and all the big ones wherever we're on over like 600 of them uh, from Spotify to Pandora to everything. Um, but and also I should say the links we have up and I should have mentioned this during the show, uh, but we do have links up. We have links to the Heartland of the main website there. Uh, also, Eric's uh, uh, Facebook ca- account and uh, Twitter page. So definitely nice. go, go over and check out. That's a good website, heartlandofdarkness.com. I, I, and I'm an old man, man. I get confused on websites, but this is great. And uh, No, you can buy it right here. Tap to buy on the website. Yeah, get over there to heartlandofdarkness.com, folks, and click, you know, it's right there about halfway down. No, it's right there. It's at the top. Scroll, click on that tap to buy and buy it. How about that? This is, and especially if you're like our family and you have that one relative, you know, that one uncle and aunt that are, uh, (laughs) you know, (laughs) very passionate about their uh, religious beliefs and whatnot. I can't think of a better Christmas present. I'm going to buy this and give this to them for uh, Christmas. Just to make that interesting. Um, yeah, Christmas is on the way now, now that we're through Halloween. Keep it going, baby. Keep it going. This is a fantastic film, and you can get it right there at heartlandofdarkness.com. This is cool, man. This is cool stuff. Okay, folks, that's going to wrap it up for us tonight. We will be back tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon on the East Coast here. Um, so tune in, and we will see you then. Have a great one, everybody. Bye. This has been pop art painter Jamie Rocks' Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. It has been executive produced by Jamie Rocks, recorded at his studio in Deerfield Beach in South Florida. 
All rights reserved by Pop Rocks Limited for broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. Tana Oli Pop Rocks Radio. Estás escuchando Jamie Rocks de Pop Rocks Radio. Manténganse al tanto. Hej, det här är Hicks från Sverige och ni lyssnar till Pop Rocks Radio med Jamie Rocks. Blog Talk Radio. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.